TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys in a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, folks, to the Two Guys at a Mic show here in a beautiful, uh, slightly humid Thursday, fine city of Chicago. Yesterday we gave the big dog a homework assignment. We know in his academic career he did not take homework assignments very seriously. We hope in his sports talk career he did. It is the big dog, Joe Redwanski, and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Big dog, did you stay up late and finish your homework last night? Well, actually, Coach, uh, I stayed up late, and I, I got the work done, and I also woke up early this morning. I set the alarm for 3 o'clock. I've been watching the British Open now for seven hours. What an event this has been. <laughs> That's dedication to the cause. I'm not sure if you're serious or kidding, but uh, either way, you have a slight sickness. But that's one of the big stories today, the British Open. And personally, it's my, I don't know why, haven't quite figured out, but it's my favorite of the major golf tournaments. The well, British Open. I don't know where you would rank it amongst your four of the top four. Number one. Really? Period. It's the number one. It's the, it's the oldest one. And definitely, kind of like when the national championship, college football national championship game is being held in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's at St. Andrews, whenever the Open is at St. Andrews, yes. it's always a little bit more special. I don't care what anybody says. It's the oldest golf course in the world. It's 600 years old. This is the best one, Coach. Yep. That's why I woke okay. up this morning to watch it. I never miss the St. Andrews ones when it comes to the Open. The lush greenery of St. Andrews. You can't beat the lush greenery. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it really is lush. Compared to the other British <laughs> uh, golf courses, which are normally n- look like nothing but a bunch of hay. Yes. Except Royal Burkdale is actually really beautiful, too. But this one, this one's by far the best. And believe it or not, Coach, we're not going to beat the golf to death because, trust me, if you're interested in the golf, you're probably watching the tournament. But uh, there's 39 players under par so far today in the first round. I thought you were kidding. I think no, David no, Olson, uh, producer extraordinaire, I, I, I believe the big dog was not kidding when he said he was up actually at 3 a.m. to watch the start of the 139th running of the British Open. That's impressive. Yeah, it, it's, it's been around 150 years, but you know the, the Brits are always in a war with someone, so they've missed 11 due to world wars. Really? Yeah, that's what, so there's Look only 130, that. but it started 150 years ago. Historical perspective as well. This is a... Uh, Impressive big draw. But believe it or not, normally on this course, you know, the winner will end up at like minus three. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, uh, well, so far right now, Royal uh, McElroy, or whatever the heck his name is, <laughs> McElroy. How about Rory McElroy? Okay, well, yeah, Rory McElroy. Ray McElroy, is that the guy from Tin Cup? I believe that might be him. Okay. Yeah, well, he's uh, at minus nine today, believe it or not, Coach. Wow. Wow, nine. Uh, so we've got some guys that have already completed rounds. There it is. That was up on the screen now. McElroy at nine under. Ustiusen. Lewis Ustiusen is eight under. John Daly. How about that? The big fella putting the parting aside for a little bit. John Daly at six under. Big dog. Maybe a surprise run for John Daly. Yeah, for some reason he always does absolutely fantastic at the, at the open. I think it's because if you hit long and you hit straight, you're good, and the drive mm-hmm. is the most important there, so that's why. And, uh, and and he was he should be about minus twelve if he can make a putt. 
Oh, what do they say? Drive for show and putt for dough. And John Daly not doing that yet, but he's still in the top five, so you can't can't argue with that. 139th running of the British Open. Great perspective. Historically, from the big dog, actually calling it, they've been doing it for 150 years, but 11 of those interrupted by a, uh, was it the same war or a variety of different wars? Uh, there, there, there's actually more than one world war coach. <laughs> Smart ass. And, uh, there, there's, I'm sure there's been other reasons too, but yeah, they, uh-huh. they, they said this has been going around for 150 years and right. they keep saying 139th. So I'm like, well, they probably didn't do them during World War II or one. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they wouldn't have done that. So there's probably a, yeah. that doesn't add up to 11 years. So I'm sure there's other reasons. Get a cancel, oh, the, cancel a maybe, golf tournament just because of a World War? I am with you. They they canceled the Olympics too. I'm like, what's the big deal? Get out there, you know, <laughs> settle your differences out on the golf course. Yeah, probably be the best way to do it. Uh huh. Yeah, but well, have absolutely. each country put it put their uh, relay team together, whichever uh, team's fastest wins. You know, I think they might have missed a year or two for the influenza pandemic, if you remember that. Well, that was one heck of a year, wasn't it? I do not remember that particular year, but I'm sure the memories are not so great. Yeah, well, a lot of supermodels were jealous that everybody else was losing so much weight. You know, it was a pretty tough year <laughs> oh, for those Stop women. it, stop it, stop it. But uh, So we're all excited. You and me putting British Open as the number one golf event. I've talked about it often as uh, we all, I think, at times or another have taken a nap during a major golf tournament. I have argued that uh, there's no better nap. Deeper, calmer, there's something about the lush greenery, the uh, the beauty of the television production, everything that St. Andrews and the, the British Open brings you, that it's the best event, the best golf tournament to take a nap to, say, on a Saturday afternoon. Nothing better than falling asleep to the British Open. Well, uh well, I don't know if, it, if that's the best one to fall asleep to, but I, I have to admit, when I'm when I was a kid, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, I wouldn't say a kid, but a young man, and you know, and I'd have party too much the night before. Yes. The first thing I would do is try to find a golf tournament to put on, and you know, just put that on the television because there's something about somebody whispering. Yes. Here he is on the and pl- please don't forget the lush greenery. Well, that that was usually from the night before, coach. <laughs> and the British Open, you can always hear the wind blowing too, right? Yeah, it and, seems like uh, there's always that that breeze. Maybe that's part of it too. The the uh, the England wind, the Scottish wind. Uh, wind. Yeah, well, that is definitely on this on this one because uh, at St Andrews is right on the North Sea. I mean, yes. right on yes. the North Sea. So that that's all. Some... Now that I remember back, that's part of the beauty of the nap too. I don't want to say I'm overly excited for the British Open, Big Dome, but I also woke up at 3 a.m. this morning not to watch the British Open, but maybe it was the start of it, anticipation, whatever. But I woke up, couldn't go back to sleep. Looked over my wife. She looked just a little bit like PGA golfer Trevor Immelman. Not so bad, really. Wasn't good. Wasn't good, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's the excitement level I have for the British Open. I was well, able it, to. It, the honor of the British Open, nobody in the house was going to brush their teeth over the next couple of days. <laughs> I don't get the connection. What, what does that have to do with the British Open? <laughs> are you implying that Brits are not uh, hygienic? Oh, have, have you ever noticed their uh, their teeth, Coach? No. Oh, the Brits have the worst teeth in all of Europe. Really? Yeah, you would think it would be like the Spaniards or, or uh-huh. maybe even the Armenians, but no, it's it's English. Wow. Shocking. Shocking development. Any of our uh, fine listeners in the Scotland, British, England uh, listening audience via the webcast, as you know, Big Dog, we are being uh, webcasted, uh, your voice being heard in seven 
different continents, also parts of southern Illinois, which we like to call the eighth continent here from the uh, city of Chicago. But uh, if you disagree with Big Doe's comments, if you want to fire at him, you can do so, 888-463-6748. The phone lines will be open for the next hours. The coach and the dog at your service talking sports and more from 10 until 11 o'clock. We do it each and every Weekday, they don't hire us on weekends, so it's five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. Big Dog, the homework assignment you were given for the day was uh, at the midseason baseball report we asked you yesterday to come back with us. And we're going to go over each division here, but to come back with us with a few teams that looked awfully good first half of the season. They look like they're for real. And we know from past experience there's going to be at least one. That is yeah. going to prove to be a pretender and will dip and dive second half of the season on the reverse the curse. History tells us that every year there's a team that just looks left for dead. Maybe it's our beloved Cup, but a team that looks absolutely out of contention, no hope at all, first half of the season, and somehow they get jump-started in the second half. So your homework assignment was to tell our listening audience which teams do you think might fade, who are the pretenders, and... Which teams that no one's even thinking of now might get into our baseball mind come September and be actual contenders? Well, I'm going to say something here that will get you mad because I'm going to stick with my original prediction because so far it looks pretty good. That I told you that before the season started, I was like, the Texas Rangers will come out of the gate unlike any team in baseball, mm-hmm. and then they're going to face. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen because their pitching staff is, a, is going to wilt in that heat. They're going to keep on hitting the ball, and they can really catch it too, Coach, but they are going to they're going to end up falling on their face in the second half, and they won't be, even though they were phenomenal, they were the second-best team in baseball mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks outside of the Chicago White Sox. So, uh, And the only reason, you mentioned the heat, and it does, uh, it's proven to get to the Texas Rangers over the, uh, over the years, so that's a good point. But the only reason I hesitate a little bit to say Texas is a pretender is that it's not that you've got a bunch of guys playing over their heads. You know what I'm saying? Which typically is is the uh, recipe for the pretender, and then they come back to the second half of the season. You look at this Texas Ranger team, Big Dog, and feel free to disagree, but they're loaded. Oh, Talent-wise, no, no, no. with guys that have proven it, both hitting, pitching, and fielding. So uh, it, it's a little surprising that you picked them because of their talent level. Well, no, 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 no. I agree with you totally. Their lineup is like that, Coach. But, uh, I mean, okay, they did add Cliff Lee. But other than that, on their pitching staff, no one's proven. C.J. Wilson and, and uh, you know, Tommy Craig. I mean, these guys, they really haven't proven anything. So I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to stick with the Rangers because I don't think their pitching is going to actually yeah. hang up. But you know what? They might end up still winning that division because the A's and the Mariners, they're not that good. But the only chance that they would get passed would be by the Angels. Okay. And if the Angels play good, Mm-hmm. Second half baseball, they'll end up in the playoffs again, like they always do every single year. The best manager in baseball, Mike Sosha, but uh, through the first half of the season, Big Dog, he started to look a little bit like Lou Pinella. Getting a little frustrated. A little frustrated, aging a little bit, possibly constipated, some digestive problems. A ordinarily very effective Mike Sosha. He appeared to be a little blocked up first half of the season watching his Angels play. Uh, he may, might need a little bit more olive oil, Coach. That will always help. <laughs> olive oil pretty much helps everything, Coach. Well, olive oil and uh, another 300 hitter might help. Yeah, that would help. Uh, you know what, though? They finally are getting some relief pitching, though, because they didn't have that early on in the year. They had, like, the worst pitching staff in all of baseball, believe it or not. Yeah. Whatever I thought you would say that about the yeah. Anaheim Angels. And that's been one of the secrets to their success in the past, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Mike Sosha able to push the right buttons coming out of the bullpen. But uh, he's looking a little bit like Uncle Lou. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating to see if you think they're one of your teams 
that are going to come back and surprise us. But uh, let's keep the suspense going. Baseball fans, you want to check in a little midseason baseball report for the big dog, Joe Redwanski, our baseball expert here. He's already uh, picked the Texas Rangers as one of the pretenders, a very solid team. First half, if not completely falling off the table, they will fade. Any other teams that look good early, big dog, that maybe come September uh, will prove not so good? Yeah, you know, I've been saying all year long that I thought the Reds are going to say just because Dusty Baker was the manager. And then yesterday, I was like, you know what? They've got a lot of pitching. They've got good speed. They they catch the ball. I mean, Scott Rowland is just absolutely phenomenal still. Um, so I wasn't going to pick them. But, you know, I want to go back with them just for hope that I'm right. After what Joey Boto did, Boto did to, to Marlon Bird during mm-hmm. the All-Star game, I am definitely rooting against the Cincinnati Reds. So I'm going to stick with the fact that Dusty Baker will run that team into the ground and they will not win the National League Central, even though they've led pretty much from, what, April 1st of this particular year. Rangers and the Reds to fade for the uh, two guys that are Mike baseball fans out there who might not be aware. I was just, I just read this story this morning. I watched the game but was not aware of what happened afterwards. The uh, reference you made about Joey Votto and our favorite Chicago Cub, Marlon MacArthur Burt. Uh, basically what happened was the second out of the ninth inning, Marlon Bird made a, a spectacular play. Of, he was caught in between a diving for the ball or holding up and catching a, a ball off a of one hop. And he was charging in and going towards first base, uh, and he decided to let it bounce. He picked it up on the one bounce, whirled and turned and fired a second and was able to get Big Poppy before he uh, slid in the second for a force out. So he got an out anyway. And uh, everybody after the game came flying up to Marlon Bird and was slapping him on the back and said, great play, that you know that definitely helped us win the game. And Joey Votto totally blew him off. And somebody noticed it. And they asked Joey Votto. He could have easily been like, oh, well, you know, no big deal. He says, yo, I purposely didn't shake him uh, his hand or pat him on the back because I despise all Cubs. And he was not kidding when he said that? No, he wasn't. What is Joey Votto? He's barely – is it Votto or Votto? Votto, Coach. Well, I have a Votto, Votto. I've heard them both. I, I'll, have right. to, I'll have to talk to his sister. If he runs for office, the marketing campaign will be Votto for Votto. Um, well, that's what, the funny he, thing that you – it's the funny thing is you said that, Coach, and I, I've, I've done a little research on this last night. Most of the players in baseball, including his teammates, think he's a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And if you think about this, the guy leads the National League in homers, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Great first half, absolutely. He, He's like third in batting average. He's first in RBIs. He's first in OPS. Mm-hmm. He's like second in runs scored. I mean, that's unbelievable. And, and was, the first in slugging percentage. You start naming all that. And was and not picked his, for the team. Yeah, and he didn't make the fan vote. Do you know how the rest of the position players are picked in, in Major League Baseball? By the other players? Yes, by the other Interesting. players. Interesting. So think about that. The guy who is basically no worse than three in all the most important offensive categories in baseball. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, people are saying he might win the gold glove this year. Wasn't even picked by the players because he's that big of a pain in the butt. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting, too. So it's yeah, like, I was not, uh, I'm my, not aware of the rep. I mean, the guy's, what, only 23, 24, 25 at the oldest, fairly new player. Where do you build up? He's barely had enough time to build up all that venom towards the Chicago Cubs. And Big Doe, I don't know him that well, but I've seen him play this year. And uh, I think I can safely make the statement that if you can't get along, if you can't like Marlon Byrd, you got something wrong with your basic personality because he's as likable a Chicago Cub as we've had in a number of years. Uh, that's funny. I was talking to my roommate yesterday about this. That's exactly what I said. I mean, if you don't like Marlon Byrd, you definitely have issues. The guy does everything right. He's a, a, an average talent. 
and he's one of the better players in the game of baseball because he does everything right. Yep. So, yeah, forget Joey Votto or Votto, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. All you right. don't even know what his name is. <laughs> well, we will not, uh, when it comes down to politics or all-star games, we will not Votto for Votto. Thank you very much. Big Dog picking the Rangers and the Reds, a couple of teams that looking pretty good first half of the season, will fade, although to be fair, and you freely admitted it, so I'll give you credit, you are letting your baseball um, desires affect your baseball intuition slash predictions. You're... Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I thought the Reds were going to fade all year long when I watched them. I really did. And then all of a sudden, the last couple, like last week, after I saw how well they played defensively, mm-hmm. I, I, I turned it off. I said, you know, they might be here for the, the whole season. They're going to battle. But you know what? After that, uh, you know, last year, uh, Votto, he had that nervous breakdown, and he had a miss like six weeks. There's something like that's going to happen to him again because the guy's obviously <laughs> uptight. Oh, goodness. I was not aware of a nervous breakdown either. The you know, that, uh, oh, yeah. Had a nervous last breakdown? Year, last year he had some type of anxiety disorder. Really? Like he went like 0 for 4 one day, and he, he thought he didn't think he was going to get a hit again for the rest of the season. He was hitting like 350 at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, he's weak-minded, Coach. I think it has to do with sleep deprivation. That's my uh, psychological analysis. You know, it's funny you said that because uh, the other day when I was at the Andy Vance like uh, book uh, like uh, launch, he said the reason one of the reasons why the Cubs don't win is because of sleep deprivation. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, and he's like, you know, a lot of these guys have bad sleep patterns. Like, does it have anything to do with that? Chicago is uh, at either the first or second uh, best city to uh, have a good time in at night. And he laughed. He's like, by the way, it's number one. <laughs> <laughs> When you think about it, and that's, he's like, yes. <laughs> it's not a great combination. A, maybe the number one city for late night party life, social life, and then and B, you play day baseball games and the players got to be there by ten o'clock. You combine those two, not necessarily a formula for winning baseball. Yeah, and if and if anybody, uh, you know, there's been a couple Cubs, a Cub players that have fallen into that trap, like uh, Todd Hundley. Mm-hmm. He came back as a twenty-three and a half million dollar man over four years and. Uh, every time I worked for WGN that first year, whenever he came into the into the locker room, he smelled of cigarettes and gin, <laughs> and he'd be the last guy coming in. And we're wondering mm-hmm. why the guy hit 180 with like two home runs and like 15 pass balls. He had more pass balls than an RBI than RBIs. That's not good. So. Getting paid all that money—that's really uh, it's despicable that he would do that to the city. No truth to the rumor, by the way, that ex-Cub shortstop Don Kessinger would be found late at night at the, the Excalibur dancing half naked on the bar. Uh, no, because Don Kessinger was exactly like Andy Vance like yes. wanted. He's like if if he's like all I know is this: if I was a GM of the Chicago Cubs, I would go out and get myself four uh, pitchers in their mid thirties with at least three children mm-hmm. and and a controlling wife. <laughs> 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 he's like they'll be they'll be much better off than having all the talent in the world and a bunch of young twenty year old kids without you know. With, with that, that want to have a nightlife. You know? I might be confusing it, but does Andy Van Slyke, the guy you met a couple of days ago, we had him on the show yesterday. Yeah, he married yes. his high school sweetheart, right? Yeah, he did, okay. and she seems like a really nice, a really nice been young lady. Happily married for one, so he's a one woman man, Andy Van Slyke. Very impressive. Yeah, that as a baseball player. Yeah, very very few baseball players are able to take their high school sweetheart mm-hmm. and actually keep her through his whole entire major league career because yep. typically guys do something. Stupid. Yeah. Like, and Robin Ventura, one of the few, too. Mm-hmm. Another class act. Whatever happened to your uh, high school sweetheart, Big Dog? Did it last through the collegiate years, or was it uh, one and done, senior year, and you were out? Oh, I was. Without yeah, getting was, too personal. Well, I, I had a couple girlfriends in high school. Yeah. But uh, it was funny because I Facebooked one the other day. 
Really? Yeah. I got you hadn't the, seen since high school? Well, yeah, it was it was in April. It wow. had been a long time, so I figured I'd do the whole the Facebook thing. It wasn't for Facebook. I don't think I'd get right. it. Have you? <laughs> have you gotten a response? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That Positive, was, negative, informational. Was she inquiring? Was she married? It was it was a much needed response. Is the best way I can put it, Coach. On my on my behalf. Did you say much needed or much heated? Both. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right, Dawn, we're going to take a quick, quick break. When we come back, we have a special guest on the line. We're going to take a quick break from the uh, sporting world and talk a little TV and movies. You, in fact, are going to be part of a movie debuting this weekend. Do I have that correct? Oh, I, Coach, I can't wait for it. I'm so excited. Uh, the longest number. I've been, I mean, legitimately, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're debuting this in July, but I've been waiting since two December. Unbelievable. Will you be showing ankle, calf, or thigh? I want to put that as a tease before we head to a break. Um, I'm thinking more eyeball than anything, Coach. That's it? Yeah. We will not catch a glimpse of um, the bottom half. Yeah, luckily for everybody else. Very unfortunate. All right, we'll take a quick break. And coming up is uh, the producer of that particular program. Is that right, Doug? The, the director, the, the producer, director, the producer. writer, the everything, Coach. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, we'll take a quick, quick break. Talk a little TV and movies when we come back. Dog and the Coach, sports talk and more. Two guys and a mic. David Olson, our producer, back in about 41 seconds. Don't go anywhere. to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Uh, watching the British Open on the screen, big dog Phil Mickelson wearing the bright pink shirt amid the lush greenery of the St. Andrews Golf Course, and I'm assuming dog he's wearing the bright pink in honor of his, uh, his wife and, I believe, is it his mom, both battling breast cancer? Do I have that correct? Well, I didn't know his mom also. Maybe I, that's, I, that's I might be confusing with another athlete, but at any rate, it's a nice uh, – and Tiger Woods also wearing pink, so maybe it's a it's a thing going on. But the British Open, which started at what time? 3 a.m. this morning? Yes. Wow. And I was up, Coach. Ongoing as we speak. All right, we want to welcome in. You were up uh, watching the show. Hard to believe. Did you ever go back to sleep? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I fell asleep at about 3.15. All right, so you caught the first exciting 50 minutes of the British <laughs> Open. Very good. All right. We want to welcome in a uh, special guest director of a brand new movie debuting this weekend. And shockingly enough, the movie stars, doesn't star, but includes no, star. my co-host, the big dog, Joe Wawanski. Let's welcome him into the program. First time guest here on the show, Benny Woodle joining us here on the morning break. Benny, how are you? Good. How are you? How badly did I mispronounce the last name? Is it Woodell? Woodell? It, it is Woodell. Woodell. 
Very, uh, okay, very good. Benny, we appreciate your uh, joining us. Real quick now, the title of the movie, and then secondarily, how did the big dog, uh, how did you meet the big dog? How did he get involved in this program? Uh, the, the, the title of the film is The Long December. The Long and December. I'm, okay. The Long December, and I met Joel through the lead actress, uh, Lena Kershingle. Uh, say that again, through the, through the who? The, the lead actress of the film, Lena Kershingle. Ah, the... Very good. Now, yeah. I've found had, most people that know Joel, somehow there's a connection to a female. That seems to be a constant theme. <laughs> sometimes it's bad experience, sometimes it's good, but I don't remember anybody saying, oh, you know, it's from this guy. It's always connected to a, like the guy who co-hosted the show last week, right, dog? Yes, oh, absolutely. That, that, well, that, that's a totally different story than I, Lena. See, yeah. Lena actually can fight and has well, those weapons, coach. So uh, <laughs> we don't have that type of connection. All right. Well, at any well, rate, I remember Lena, Lena talked him up so much that I had to meet him, and after I met him, I had to cast him. Beautiful. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was beautiful. I was, I think I was supposed to be some guy standing at a door, and I get, I got to read, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Benny put me in the flick. I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, now, Benny, what of the long December? Um, describe what is involved. What's the movie about? Uh, the simplest way to, to put it is it's a revenge film about a female prostitute vigilante. Ah. The old revenge oh. film involving the prostitute vigilante. Oh, yeah. Old, oldest oh, yeah. trick in the books. <laughs> but it works so well. <laughs> and debuting this weekend in major movie it's, theaters, or where can we find it? Uh, you can see it at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan on Saturday at 8 o'clock. Okay. Genesee Theater in Waukegan debuting on Saturday, and then it will be there, I'm assuming, days after that? Uh, no, it's a one-time screening. It's what? the premiere of the film. That's it? So yeah. if we, if we yeah. can't make it out there Saturday, we can't watch it again? Unfortunately, no. Just, uh, just Saturday, but you know, you can always buy the DVD. We have that available, too. So oh, what? Screening. Wow. Big Dog, are you gonna be are you gonna be there doing some signings? Yeah, yeah. I, I had big plans of have a bus full of people and all the stuff. It, it, things like that fell through, but I'm, obviously I'm definitely gonna be there. See, see, Coach, what happens is when you're just starting to make movies, it's very difficult to even get in the theater for one day. Okay. You know, I mean, so that's it's pretty good that Benny actually has uh, at least one day in the theater with us. So. Well, if it, but if it gets good response, Benny, is there a chance, uh, you know, people like it, that it can go yeah. around to other movies, or is it strictly there's, this? There's definitely that possibility. If, if okay. Saturday Night is a success, there's definitely a, a, a very good chance that there will be another screening. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got to get some two two guys and a mic out there on Saturday night, Waukegan. Beautiful, beautiful city this time of year, no question about it. The Genesee Theater, and uh, what part does the big dog play in this? He said we only get to see his eyes, is that correct? No, 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 he plays uh, like a kind of a mob boss type guy that just picks up the wrong girl in the alley. That's basically what happens, Coach. Oh, this is the one where you get beat up? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, very badly, too. So oh, you, right. I guess you'll have that's, to see the... Yeah. That's, that's, that's worth the trip to Waukegan unto itself. And, and, and Joel did a great job. How many takes of uh, the big dog getting beaten up by a female, Benny? And hopefully he didn't get it right the first time. How many takes did it, uh, <laughs> did it take for the scene to be completed? Um, oh, probably about 15 or 20. Wow. I gotta yeah. tell you something, Coach. It, it was awful lot of fun having Lena's uh, boot on my throat. <laughs> you, get, you get your kicks any way you can. But fifteen or twenty takes. 
What uh, were the, were all the takes the same day? What went wrong? Was there anything humorous oh, that no, went wrong? And... No, it was just in from different angles too and stuff. Uh-huh. So I think all in all, it was about fifteen or twenty different shots we did. But Joel was such a great screamer. I got a lot of great audio from that. Yeah, I'm a screamer <laughs> yeah. coach. I found that out. It was a hard that's, way. Benny, that's too easy. I'm not even going to comment on that. Too easy. <laughs> Too easy. Now, Big Dog, you had a very, very rough month last month. Just to review very quickly, you got hit by a car riding a bicycle. You yeah, tripped, two cars. Two cars. Two cars. You tripped and yes. fell and hit a brick wall, landing face Field. first. But that was because I was drunk, so that's my own I fault. was trying to hold that part back in case we have any new listeners. And then thirdly, what happened to you third? You, um, I got bit twice. Oh, that's right. You got infected in the facial area, gardening outside. You got bit by a bug. Yeah. Now, on top oh. of that... You also got beat up by Lena fifteen times. Well, that was that was about a year ago when we filmed oh, that coach. So, okay. uh, uh, but yeah, Benny, I was really worried I was going to show up at the at the premiere with like a, a gigantic puffy face and whatever. But luckily, it's uh, it's not so bad anymore. Wow, awesome! Glad to hear you're okay. It's unbelievable, Benny. How did you? Uh, is this based on a book, or how did you come up with the idea for the movie? Um, it, it's based on a short film that I did a couple of years ago that actually screened at the Cannes Film Festival's uh, short film corner. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just something I, I wanted to do for a, a film school class, or and uh, you know it, it just kind of the people who saw the film really enjoyed the short, so I thought that would have to be the, the next feature I did. So yeah, and just kind of and Coach uh, Benny has made a, a few movies. He's made a movie called The Chauffeur. He made a movie called uh, Fast Zombies with Guns. And I do believe yeah. Fast Zombies with Guns, Coach, it was called the best movie ever made for under $15,000. Really? That's mm-hmm. that, that's uh-huh. an honor. That's Thank pretty you. impressive. Yeah, it, it just got picked up for uh, distribution, too, so that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Very cool. All right, well, so it's this Saturday, Genesee Theater, 8 o'clock the showtime? It's, yeah, 8 o'clock is correct. 8 o'clock showtime. Don't be late. It's a one-time showing only, folks, unless... We got a lot of people there hollering and screaming. We got some Lena fans out there, some Big Doll fans. Then the movie might take off. If not, you're still going to be catching on DVD. But you could be one of the uh, ones to watch it first time every time at the Waukegan Theater this Saturday. Benny, hopefully we'll have a big crowd out there, and uh, the Big Dog, I'm sure, will bring a big following. Yeah, and Benny, how do how do people get tickets, and how do people find out like how to get to the Genesee Theater and stuff? Um, they, well, they, they can get tickets at the door. That's, that, that'll be the easiest way to do it right now. Okay. Um, and to, to get to the Genesee, you can just look them up on online at geneseetheater.com. dot com, mm-hmm. and it has all the directions and the address and stuff for everybody. Okay. Is there a Long so. December uh, website? Uh, yes, there is. Um, it's it's my production company's name. It's J I A N G H U Productions dot com. Downhue Productions. Beautiful. More importantly, are there any pictures of Lena on that website? There are. There are numerous. There you go. You just you just got a lot more hits. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Benny, we appreciate your taking some time out. Uh, you got a baseball oh, team you're you. picking second half of the season. Who's a Benny Woodall director extraordinaire in the world of movies? Who's his uh, favorite sports team, baseball or otherwise? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a huge Bears Bears nut. There you go. Fifteen days, my friend. I'm so 15 excited. Fifteen day blue, red, set, hut, hut. Blue Can't 25. I'm excited that the Sox are in first place, too. Boy, Big Dog, just think, come September, we might have the Sox in contention and the brand-new Bear offense debuting all at the same time. 
uh, just protect the quarterback. That's all I'm worried about. Mike Martz has like nine guys going off the passes. You know, that's the only thing I'm worried about. That's the big dog's message early and often on this show. Protect yourself, folks. All right. Betty, best of luck. We hope to see you out there Saturday, okay? I appreciate it so much. Thank you. You bet. Director extraordinaire, the long December Saturday night at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. Big dog playing a bit part as he gets beat up by a beautiful young lady. That alone might bring me out there on Saturday night. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We got to finish your homework assignment on baseball, big dog, and some other things to get to, including Le Tour de France in the uh, country of Spain. Got to talk about this all of a sudden, having some great sports success in a number of sports. We got all that and more coming up. Talkzone.com. Two guys, one mic, dog, and a coach at your service. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com all right we're back second half of the program homework assignment number two for the big dog let's see what he came up with but first dog before we forget today is i believe the 11th stage of the tour de france we mention it each and every day here on the two guys and a mic show we after all are the only sports talk show to give you stage-to-stage coverage <laughs> of the Tour de France. Of the 11 stages so far, Big Dog, I know it's a little emotional for you. Which has been your favorite? Uh, well, usually it's a stage 13. I also, I think they did it like a day ago. I, I didn't get to watch it, but when they go downhill in the Alps. Okay. Do you remember what I'm talking about? When they, they get up to like 75 miles an hour on a yep. bike. Yep. That is always my favorite stage. You are a glutton for punishment. You're just looking for the big crash, aren't you? A dangerous speed. Oh no, speeds. no, no, absolutely not. You know, you yeah. crash on a bike doing thirty. You know, you can kill yourself on, on mm-hmm. seven, at seventy miles an hour. You're a dead man. All right. But it's funny they when they're doing when they're going that fast, coach. It's funny those guys don't bunch up. You know, when when they're when they're doing twenty five miles an hour down or up the hill, they're all as compact as can be. And when they're doing seventy five, those guys make sure. They are well away from everybody. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny how that happens. Yeah, and rightfully so. And can you blame mm-hmm. them? I mean, a no, crash. no, not at all. Absolutely. After, as many times I've fallen on a bike, those things, it's disgusting. So Leaders right now from Luxembourg. It looks like it's a two-team race, uh, and you call it team because even though it's an individual racing, they have a team supporting them. It's 
kind of one of the odd things about the Tour de France, but bicycling has its own uh, culture, if you will. But right now it looks like Luxembourg's very own Andy Schleck is wearing the yellow jersey, and the defending champion, uh, Big Dog, still in the hunt, Alberto Contador from Spain, Lance Armstrong out of it, it appears. Those two are going to be um, battling for the championship in the final stages. Uh, well, hopefully it'll actually be close on the last day, because I don't yep. ever remember a uh, Tour de France that was actually close on the last day. It would be cool. Coming down to, like, the final two miles. And, yeah, you you always talk about, like, oh, great golf and great NASCAR is mm-hmm. unbelievable, like, with ten laps to go and if it's neck and neck. You know what I mean? That's, yes. uh, so I just can't even imagine that race, which... Which is what it's three weeks, and they race what nineteen of the twenty-one days or yeah, something must like be, that. I don't know, a thousand miles. They're racing oh, yeah, hundred miles a day, a, so close yeah. to two thousand miles, probably. Yeah, easily, coach. I, I would guarantee it's at least a two thousand mile trek, and it would be really cool to see yes. somebody neck and neck on the last day. Yep. But it never does. Yeah. Well, typically, if now that memory serves me correct, the last day is almost like a celebratory day. Yeah, well, they, they had the like, parade before it's even finished. They're, like, congratulating the winner. And it's not a big uphill climb. The last day is, like, the level. I, 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 and then they go through the streets of Paris. Yeah. They go through the Arc-Date Arc Triumph. Yeah. Okay. And I actually remember one year where Lance Armstrong was handed a glass of champagne. Yes. And he was drinking yeah. champagne. Yeah. During the last couple kilometers of mm-hmm. the Tour de France. I do remember that. So that's a good point. Let's hope this year as they... Passed by the Arc de Triomphe, as you talked it, as you called it. Um, let's hope we don't know who exactly is going to win, or who exactly is going to triumph. I'm, I'll actually, I'll promise you this: if it's actually close to the last day, I'll watch the first stage ever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never watched more than ten seconds of the of the Tour de France. Post. Stage to stage coverage of the Tour de France. <laughs> by the way, speaking of, uh, we mentioned Spain and Alberto yeah. Contador, who may very well win his second straight. Tour de France, he's very much in the hunt. How about the uh, success of late of the fine country of Spain? We all know they won the World Cup. First time ever after being so close for so long. Always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. Rafael Nadal wins the Wimbledon. Last time I checked, big dog. He would be from uh, Spain and the best basketball player from Spain. Pau Gasol, lest we forget. Won a championship not too long ago for the L.A. Lakers. Sporting world's been pretty good in the uh, fine country of Spain. And have you seen the Spanish goalie Casillas' girlfriend? I have not. They're truly a winner, Coach. She's the greatest champion of them all. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. What's his name? Oh, El- my goodness. Oh, El- my goodness. He was a, you know I like- that story, the whole World Cup story? about how You know how like they tied their first match and it was a 1-1 game? Okay. The Spanish, that was like the last time Spain gave up a goal in the World Cup. That, you know I, I know I mean? they was- struggled in pool play. That I was aware of. And... Uh, well, they tied their first match. Okay. And it was a 1-1 game, and the people of Spain blamed the girlfriend because she was so hot. They're like, there's no ah. way he could actually concentrate on football mm-hmm. and the football with with her. And she would park her butt, like, right behind the goal and root him oh. on the whole entire game. That's that's not good. So, well, it must have worked because she stayed there, and they had, what, like five consecutive shutouts and four one nothing games in a row in knockout play. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think she was the problem. And if you saw her, she is definitely not a problem. She can break my concentration any day. Okay. <laughs> I think I just figured out the inspired play of the uh, five foot seven inch backline defender Puyo. Now I know why he was jumping so high on those head balls. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know I the goalie's girlfriend was sitting behind the screen over there. I, I completely and totally understand, coach. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, 888-463-6748, by the way, a phone number if you want to check in here. British Open uh, talk, we've discussed that a little bit this morning. And uh, Tour de France, if we have any bicycle fans out there, bicycle racing fans, love to talk a little TDF with you. Baseball has been the big topic for discussion. Of course, we talked the Big Dog's movie career as well. But uh, getting back to your homework assignment, Dog, it was to uh, tell us a couple of pretenders, a couple of contenders, first half of the season, the second half starts uh, today and mm-hmm. tonight with some good baseball matches. You gave us the Texas Rangers and the Cincinnati Reds. It's two teams playing very good baseball, looking very much like contenders that you think will either quickly or not so quickly fade. Now comes the good part. Now comes the tough part of the homework assignment. I hope you spell check, by the way, because we do great for punctuation. couple of teams that look dead in the water that nobody's talking about right now, and, and guarantee there's going to be at least one of these teams that will strike their way back into contention, Joe Radwanski. Ye of the homework assignment, who would be those teams? You know, I, I really don't think there's any in the American League, Coach. I really do think uh, the Tigers, Twins, and White Sox will battle it out, so the Rays, Yankees, and uh, and uh, uh, Red Sox will battle it out, and, uh, and uh, what do you call it, the Rangers and the Angels are going to battle. I don't think there's mm-hmm. going to be any surprise teams in the second half. Very uninspired, uninspired homework assignment as of this far. But uh, in, in the National League, even though I do think the Braves are going to are going to fall and the Phillies are going to end up coming back, they're really not dead in the water. They're the Phillies, you know what I mean. So that's you're not going to be anybody's surprise. Uh, but this is really going to make Cub fans mad when I say this. But it's going to be the Cubs for the next wow. for the next two weeks. They're going to get as hot as a firecracker. Mm-hmm. And instead of selling off all these high priced players that they should be doing. They're going to hang on to them, thinking they have a chance uh, at the National League Central. So kind of the opposite and, of a and blessing then by in like August fifteenth, we're going to realize that it was all just a joke and a tease, and we could have got rid of all these players and we kept them, and Boy. instead we're stuck with them, that's, and we didn't get any young talent for the future. That's almost Cubs, that's almost Shakespearean tragic theater at work in the sports world. That, well, that's exactly what the Cubs are, Coach. They're, it's it's this <laughs> tragic comedy over and over again. At but two, the big Colorado dog. Rockies. At two, then Carlos will fall. Ooh, not bad. I say the Colorado Rockies will, because we'll start getting other pitching. Obaldo Jimenez is going to absolutely fall flat on his face in the second half, Coach. Mm-hmm. He's going to go like 9-4. and four. Okay. okay. So maybe that isn't falling flat on his face, but compared to his first half it is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're going to – the Colorado Rockies are the team for the second half, and the National okay. League watch out for them. I thought a couple of teams you might throw out there. I thought the New York Mets maybe under uh, the inspiring leadership of the great prophet Gandhi, Jerry Manuel. Might it be it one wouldn't of your be a teams. surprise, though, if if they were good, because you think about it, they've been they're a solid team, coach. Mm-hmm. They've, they're okay. battling with the Braves I, uh, for the East lead the whole game, so I, the whole year. So I wouldn't call them dead in the water. Okay. I right thought now. that was one of the teams you were going to give us. I also uh, anticipated maybe my pick to click early in the season would be amongst your homework assignment chosen teams, the San Francisco Giants, who have they've been okay, but they haven't reached the height that I thought they would. But you are not predicting. Any great run by the Giants' second half? Well, uh, they've got a great pitch at ha- pitch of staff. Yes. I guess it's if Kung Fu Panda can actually awaken from his slumber because he, he seems to be hibernating. Who is that, and Pablo Buster- Sandoval? Yes. And if uh, Buster <laughs> Posey, uh, the college player of the year from two years ago, if he can continue to hit the ball like he has the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. they will make a surge, Coach. But that's asking for a lot because uh, – uh, the, their middle relief is bad, and their offense has been bad all season long. And, and I don't think Aubrey Huff is, Huff is going to continue to hit the ball like he has. So, mm-hmm. 
the Giants, I, I really liked at the beginning of year. They were my pick to win the division, and now I, I'm not so sure of the way they play. Yeah, and they're starting pitching. It's they're they're see if you catch this analogy. They're sort of like the Chicago White Sox. They're going to be good no matter what, but the only way they're going to be good enough to win and reach that next level is if their strength, which is their starting pitching, same thing could be said for the White Sox, their strength has to be a real strength. The only way the Giants win that division is if their starting pitching goes lights out, which is very possible. Oh, it definitely is possible, Coach. If uh, Lincecum turns it up a notch, McCain turns it up a notch, yep. Jonathan Sanchez turns it up a notch, they'd win the division. Mm-hmm. And if various Zito keeps on pitching the way he has, then they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Got National League West, four teams. We'll go over the divisions real quick, but uh, National League West, four teams, all bunched within four games. That I don't know if you pick one team to pull away. I, I think that's going to be a race right down to the finish in that division. I can actually see that happen, Coach. I wouldn't. Uh, you're talking about the National League West. Yeah, Padres, Colorado, Dodgers, Frisco, all within four games. Yeah, and uh, for some reason, I'm rooting for San Diego just because what they've spent about twenty-seven dollars on their uh, on their uh, <laughs> on their roster this year. Mm-hmm. They're the team I'm pulling for out of, yeah. in the National League West. And very quietly, the uh, manager of the year thus far. I think you'll agree with me. The ex pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, ex pitching coach. I think for the Dodgers, but Bud Black is your manager of the year thus far. Oh, that's, there's no question in the National League that it's him. I mean, I, I guess maybe if uh, if they lose and the Braves win the East, they might give it to Bobby Cox for two reasons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's his last year, and the Braves weren't supposed to win either. You know, and that's a really good division over there, the, the, the National League East. So I think it, it's, the, it's, between him, it's between him or Bobby Cox. If the, uh, and Bobby Cox will be the sentimental choice because it's his mm-hmm. final year after uh, 73 years of coaching. I think he started when he was in second grade at age of eight. Um, you think by any chance that Bud Black and the Padres do win? We've got Bud Light. We've got the new Bud Light. We've got the old Bud Light. you got Bud Regator. Do you think they'll come out with a darkened version of Bud and just call it the Bud Black? That is a phenomenal <laughs> idea. It's not bad. Dark- that's, what I, that's what I call my roommate, Cloudy, Bud Black. <laughs> A dark beer and call it Bud Black. It could debut in San Diego, and if it's popular, then it could go nationwide. Thank you. Very much. Uh, you know what, Coach? You'd be surprised. You, uh, it might actually work because <laughs> there's a couple of black beers that actually do really well. Uh, uh, Negro Modelo, yep. Modelo Negro. Hey, me. watch your language. We have listeners and, out there. And uh, what do you call it? The Guinness. Yes. I mean, you, you'd be surprised. This Bud Black beer might actually work out. All right, we'll see if we can suggest it. Maybe. Uh, Maybe they can get it at the Yard House in Glenview, which I think has like 280 different kinds of beers. Every time I go there, I order a different one, by the way. You can't go to a place like that. It's one of the things that buys. It's like we talked about last week, going to a hamburger place and ordering the chicken patty. Uh-huh. Right? You can't go to a bar that's specialized. It's got like 300 different beers that you've never tried before. See if you're with me here. Feel free to disagree. And I have friends that do this on a regular basis. And order a Bud Light or a Miller or an Old Style. Right? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, try something new. Throw yeah, caution is, to the yeah, wind. Yeah, I'm watching my calories. Well, then don't drink beer. Well, period. Okay? No, it's not even a calories thing. It's it's a you know are you just going to go with the usual? Now, if you go to your regular bar, which has got the usual selections, you know maybe the you know the most out of the box bar they or beer they got is a line and Google Red. Nothing wrong with the Bud Light selection. I'm a big fan of the Bud Light, but I'm talking about the bars that specialize and get you know got a menu. 
with oh, 250, I, 300 different beers from different countries. Check it out. Don't order a Miller Lite at one of those bars. I couldn't agree with you more, Coach. That is one big frustrating thing. I cannot stand that. So, yeah, Thank you. <sighs> Tried a Newcastle Ale yesterday. It was very nice. All right. How about the uh, National League Central? Very quickly, dog. Running against the clock here. Cincinnati in St. Louis. Uh, the Cubs, you said maybe? Making a run, but you think that run is going to be a mirage, I'm going to assume. Yeah. You think the Cardinals win this division? Yeah, I think the Cardinals win it. And, uh, you know, I would, I, I, you know, I did want the Reds to win it more than the Cardinals, but mm-hmm. uh, looking back now, after this whole Votto thing and Dusty Baker is kind of a pain in the butt, I, yeah, I'm rooting, I'm not rooting for the Cardinals, but I'm definitely rooting for the Cubs for this, but I, mm-hmm. I the Cubs aren't going to make the run the entire way. They're just going to tease people for the next couple of weeks. Is exactly what's going to happen. Mid-season baseball, I think I can speak for a Cubs fan, by the way. A little teasing would not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, they need a little teasing yeah. to get people back. Believe it or yeah. not, the Cubs have are hurting attendance-wise compared to other years. It's like, you know, Cub fans have become hard and callous. Even, even, even if they fade at the end, teases for a couple of weeks. Give us something exciting. It's like going to the bar at night. Looking for the love of your life, and uh, you know you don't meet anybody, you don't talk to anybody the whole night. You go home depressed. If you at least uh, you know had a conversation, if you got quote unquote teased for a couple of hours, at least you got to throw for a brief moment of time. Uh, Coach, if you're going to the to the bar to look for your love of your life, yes. I just want to let you know if you think you found her, you're going to find out that uh, many other guys have found her as the love of their yeah, life. Too. I'm not done, you know I. Would disagree with you. You've got more experience in that dog. I'm a little bit past my prime, but uh, I've known more than a few people who have met, quote unquote, the love of their life you know, at a people, local bar. So I, I was out with a couple guys the other day, and uh, one of them goes to church all the time. And I'm going to tell you something. He does better at church yes. than the four of us that were talking to him. Oh, yeah. And it, it was unbelievable. He's like, oh, yeah, I met that girl at church. And mm-hmm. the stuff that this girl did to him, I'm like, are you serious? They're like, we're going out, we're going out to Cougar night at, uh, at Roundup. And, you know, and he's like, well, I, I gotta, I can't go out on Saturday night. I, I gotta get up early on Sunday. And we're like, why? I gotta go to church. I gotta, I gotta go to two different churches, as a matter of fact. And, I mean, this guy's getting it done. It, it's unbelievable. Oh, not even that good looking. There's a couple of Hail Marys that actually, you know, it's a non-threatening environment. He looks like a good guy. He's going to church on Sunday. There you go. Yeah. Let that be a lesson for all the youngsters out there. Once again, we are an educational program, if nothing else. Can you give me a hallelujah over there, Dave? Do we have any uh, hallelujahs? I guess not. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 888-463-6748, by the way. You want to dial up agree and or disagree with the big dog at his midseason baseball report or if you want to agree or disagree on his beer thoughts or the best place to meet women, late night bars or the church, you can comment on that too. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty. And maybe could you somehow combine an establishment that's both a late night drinking establishment and has some kind of a church environment? Could we combine you know, the two? You know, that's not a bad idea because it, you know you you drink until four in the morning. Yeah, and that's. You go someplace in the same establishment they feed you, they quit serving the alcohol at four, uh-huh. they serve breakfast, and then at five o'clock, you know, you go to church and then you go home. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, that's actually a really good Maybe idea. Maybe they, they could name a drink or a shot called the Hail Mary, and you could tell, you know, the girl, hey, I did a couple Hail Marys last night. That, that's not bad, Coach. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, you know, you're on to something here. I think, well, you are. I'm just picking up on the idea that I think uh, combined, we might be able to develop Chicago's newest night hotspot. 
Possibly. And you know what? I tell you, sitting through church with a with a bunch of drunk people is, get is your, actually a lot of fun. Get, the motto of our place could be get communion and get a little something, something with it. <laughs> That's, That's a good motto, Coach. <laughs> People are going to like that. I don't, probably not. All right, let's move on before our radio program is canceled here. Uh, if we're still on the air, let's go to the National League Eastern Division very quickly. The Atlanta Braves, New York Mets, Philadelphia Phillies, maybe the Florida Marlins. I think the big key here is the Phillies. Everybody are expecting a big push, a late run, a big run by the Philadelphia Phillies, big dog. But are you here to tell us the Atlanta Braves are going to hang on and still win this, baby? No, I think the Phillies are going to win. So okay. It's... <laughs> The, the the Braves are really young, and they've had a lot of people pitch well above how they've ever pitched before. I know Tim Hudson has always pitched like this, but he's also coming off a a year of uh, you know Tommy John surgery. So I, I I really expect the Phillies to come back. They're loaded, coach, and mm-hmm. when, and when they finally don't have all these injuries, they keep on just staying afloat, staying afloat. When they get Utley back and Polanco, they're going to be all right. So I'm going to have to stick with the Phillies winning the uh, National League. You go with the uh, Atlanta Braves as your wild card pick, then? Yeah, the Braves or the okay. or the or the Mets. And if and if you think of it, maybe it's the uh, Colorado Rockies or the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. So it's right. the wild card race in the National League is going to be phenomenal yep. this season. Okay, because there's a lot of teams that are uh, in different divisions that have a chance. Maybe even the Cardinals mm-hmm. or the Reds. And then uh, if you look at the American League, basically who ever finishes in second in the American League East, whether it's the Yankees, Red Sox, or the Rays, is going to end up with uh, the wild card. So okay. the wild card race in the American League, nowhere near as good as what's going to be in the National League, as it looks right now. Mm-hmm. All right, good point. Let's quickly go over to the American League. White Sox division. The Sox made a uh, unbelievable run towards the All-Star break, 25-5 and five in their last 30. They take over first place. The Detroit Tigers playing very well. The Minnesota Twins, great three-team race do you see any separation here, Big Dog? One of those teams drop out. Does one pull ahead, or is it a three-way race to the end? And if so, who wins? Um, I do feel like it's going to be a three-way way race, and, and I'm going to go with the White Sox just for hoping it's the White Sox, I guess, is the mm-hmm. best way for me to put it. But um, it's definitely going to be a three-way race because none of these teams are that much superior than the other one. So I, I see a, a situation where you have three teams – that are going to be playing each other a lot, and unless one gets really hot and is able to pound on the other two, it's going to be impossible for the other ones to pull away. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go on record and pick uh, more on when I say emotion, more on uh, intuition than actual logic. I'm going to pick the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers to win that particular division. I'm still not fully convinced on the White Sox, Minnesota. Maybe it's not quite this year. I just feel. It's a little bit more of a magical season, if I could use that word. They got a little more karma going. The Detroit okay. Tigers to uh, win it all. You like the way I say Detroit? Uh, Detroit. Thank you very much. All right, real quick, uh, the American League East toughest division of all to pick. Maybe, maybe the three best teams in baseball all in the same division: Yankees, Tampa Bay, Boston. When all is said and done, big dog, and remember, when all is said and done, usually more is said than done. But who wins that division? Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays win the division, and the New York Yankees are the wild card wow. of the American League coach. Wow. Stage to stay on. I'm sorry. Tampa Bay over the I Yankees? Guess. Tampa Bay, coach. That's shocking. Not really. If you think about them position by position, the Tampa Bay Rays are extremely comparative. They're really comparable. Unless Mark Teixeira has like a ridiculous second half, which mm-hmm. you know he's pretty, I'm pretty sure he's going to. 
Uh, I, I definitely see the, the Rays coming out of there. Coach. Big dog saving the best for last. A little bit of a surprise prediction. I like the calmness in your voice. You say it matter-of-factly, but you shock our many, many listening audience out in the New York area by picking the Devil Ray. But then you throw them a bone by saying the Yankees will make the playoffs as a wild-card team. Yeah, that's all that matters is you get in. All of a sudden you get in and you got CeCe Sabathia mm-hmm. as uh, a number one pitcher winning two games every single series. and yeah. th- That makes things a little bit more uh, – I mean, the Yankees are much better set up for the, the playoffs than the Rays are. Right. Unless it's Jeff Neiman and David Price keep on throwing the ball the way they have, and then all of a sudden, wow, they might have the perfect playoff uh, situation. Are you That's diminishing – are you diminishing the pride of winning the American League East and holding up that great traditional American League East championship trophy? Yes, I am, Coach. That's you know, I, I really that's am not big on six divisions. <laughs> if, we had, if we had four divisions again, I might have a little bit more, uh, oh, might have some more oomph to it. Hey, speaking of trophies, we never mentioned we got about 20 seconds, but that World Cup trophy, while it is cool looking, could they make it a little bigger? Do you see them raising up the World Cup trophy? The thing's like, like an Oscar. That's, that's what I love about it. You can actually pass it around. It's pretty cool. It's not that big. I like it. All right. Dolph, phenomenal job. You'll be uh, with us tomorrow. You're taking Friday off. I'm never quite uh, sure. I'm going to have to take tomorrow off, Coach. Okay. And if we don't talk to you now, good luck with the movie. Debut real quick again Saturday up in Waukegan at the at Genesee the, Theater. At the Genesee Theater, 8 o'clock, uh, the long December. People, go check it out. The long December. Thank you One scene, the big dog gets beaten up. Oh, no, two scenes. Two scenes. You I get, get to kill somebody, too, Coach. Oh, you do? We didn't yeah. talk about that. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to look for the scene where you get beaten up by the team. Somebody. All right. We'll talk to you about the British Open Championship, too. Have a great day, everybody. We'll do it all over again tomorrow, Friday at 10. David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. Have a great day.